book of James, book of James, the wonderful book of James, a nice, sweet, loving message this morning out of the book of James. <laughs> uh, me and Brother Nathan's the only one that reads the book of James. Uh, that was a joke. Everybody, everybody missed it. Uh, there's nothing sweet and loving about the book of James, but there's a lot of truth in there. Amen. Uh, nothing in the book of James but except how to get your prayers answered. I don't know if but except is a good uh, grammar, but anyway. Uh, how to get your prayers answered. I want to preach to you this morning about availing prayer. I've been trying to uh, uh, been trying to preach to you a little bit extra on prayer over the last month or so. Uh, what little bit I've preached, I've been trying to say some things about prayer. We need to pray, amen? amen. And uh, I think if we prayed a lot, everything, not a lot of things, but everything would go better in our life. Even the problems would go better yeah. in our lives. Prayer, uh, and of course it's not just the act of prayer, but it's the God we're praying to yeah. makes things go better. Amen? amen. And so I want to preach to you about availing prayer. And of course availing means to Profitable. It means having force. It means something gets done. Amen. I want to pray and have things get done. And uh, so I want to look. I want you to look with me here in the book of James uh, for a little bit. And let's start reading in verse thirteen. And we'll read on down to the end of the chapter. We'll pray and and then we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. Verse thirteen. Is any among you afflicted? Uh, yeah, I think I think we got some folks afflicted around here more than uh, myself included. Uh, afflicted in more than just one way, amen. Uh, some of us is afflicted above the shoulders, and some of us below, amen. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. You notice it don't say the oil. Amen. It says the prayer of faith. You say, well, why do the oil then? Because it represents things. It represents something. It represents the Holy Spirit. It represents the presence of God. And a lot of times God will have us do things physically. This is what we talked about in Sunday school this morning. God will have us do things physically that rep- represents the real thing that's happening on the inside. And so he says, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's why I'm preaching to you this morning, availing prayer. Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are. You say, preacher, I would pray except for... No, you don't have any excuse. God expects men to pray. And men are men. Uh, You say, well, I know some people are great men. No, the people that you call great men are men just like you. The women that are great women are women just like you. There's no difference. God is no respecter of persons. We might look at a verse that says that. Here in a little bit. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. I suppose they hated him very much, don't you? <laughs> and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know 
that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness this morning. We thank you for this rain that's falling outside. And Lord, I, Lord, I thank you for your goodness in having a full church here this morning. God, we thank you for that. We don't take that lightly. And God, I pray with all my heart, God, that each and every heart that's here this morning would get a blessing, would learn something, would dedicate their lives to prayer. God would give their hearts uh, completely and totally over to You as much as that is possible in this flesh. And, oh God, commit themselves to You. Commit themselves to Your trust, God. And, we'll, Lord, I'll thank You for what You do uh, for, for in the congregation this morning. Help me to preach. Help these to listen. Lord, we thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. Thank You for the blood that was shed on Calvary. For us, I pray, O God, that You would just walk among us this morning. Drive away every distraction. Drive away every hindrance. Give us a sweet spirit here this morning and a spirit of truth here in the building. And we'll thank You, dear God, for what You do. In Christ's name I ask these things. Amen. Now, it has always amazed me uh, that this passage of Scripture that we just read is in the book of James. The book of James is rough. The book of James is extreme. It's like, uh, I guess it'd be like uh, uh, taking sandpaper and scratching it on your face. And, you know, but I, it, James is a pretty rough, rough book. Turn over to James chapter 1 and let's look at a few things in the book of James. And then we'll get back to this message. I just want you to see a few things this morning. Uh, because you open up the book of James. Martin Luther, y'all probably know him as the... Uh, he began the Reformation from the Catholic Church, the Protestant Reformation. And uh, if you ever drove by a church sign that said Lutherans, Martin Luther started that. And uh, But anyway, Martin Luther, he hated the book of James. He didn't understand about rightly dividing the word of truth. The book of James says that the faith without works is dead. The book of Romans says faith without works will put you in heaven. And James didn't, he didn't understand that. He had, God didn't reveal that to him. At least he didn't sit down and study it long enough for God to reveal it to him. So he said, he didn't believe the book of James ought to be in the Bible. He hated the book of James. I like the book of James though. Of course, I'm a little bit, uh, weirder than most, I guess, but I like something that tells me the truth about myself. Amen? Look in James chapter 1. Look at, I mean, you, you, the sweet, lovable book of James. This is why folks don't, uh, this is why folks don't, Uh, Read the book of James. Verse 5. We're talking about prayer this morning, right? Look what he says. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. That sounds pretty good so far, don't it? Hey, if you you need something from God, if you need wisdom, just pray and ask for it, and God will give it to you. He gives to all men liberally. Just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. God will give, amen. That's a good message. I can sit here and preach that verse right there, and I can get more excited, and you can get more excited. God's going to give us something, amen. We're going to get on our knees, and we're going to pray for something, and God is going to give us something. And you'd get more excited by the minute, wouldn't you? Until you read verse 6. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. I wouldn't even mind if it had said not wavering. But it said nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Well, let me get hands in the air this morning of everybody in this building that is not a waverer. Everybody in this building, up and down, in and out, unstable as water. Amen. Amen. 
So we don't get nothing from God. You better be glad that James starts off talking to the 12 tribes. But doctrinally speaking, he's talking to the 12 tribes of Israel in the tribulation. And now that's where the doctrinal viewpoint of the book stands. You better thank God that God's merciful enough to you to give something to you even though you are wavering. Yes, sir. You're unstable as you could be. Uh, I had a funny situation happen to me the other day. And most of you, a lot of times you see me, if I turn over here, I don't, I don't just whip my head. I can do it, but uh, it, it's not the most you know, pleasant thing in the world for me to look around like that. It, it hurts. And every once in a while, my neck will get so tight that I'll have to just go. And it'll crack about there and crack about there and crack about there. And it feels so good. It feels wonderful. But I had this, this guy talking to me the other day in the course of business, and I'm sitting there talking to him, and I just go. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. When I look back at the guy, he's going. <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine sitting there talking to somebody, and all of a sudden they go. <laughs> you look just a little bit unstable, I'm sure. I said, man, I'm sorry. I had to do that. My neck's about to kill me. But I'm sure he thought... <laughs> I was about to come out with a, a knife or something and hack him to pieces. That, that looks a little bit unstable, amen? But the Bible the, listen, we're all unstable. Look at verse 9. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And if you think about it a little bit, you've got some kind of an inconsistency, an unstable thing in your life, don't you? Sure you do. And, I mean, you go through the book of James and it's constantly pointing out your troubles, pointing out your sins. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. It's your own fault, the book of James says. You're the one doing all this devilment. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Verse, go down to verse 22, he says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He said, all you're doing is listening, you ain't doing. This is, these are the things uh, that James is trying to... Uh, get across to you. Look down at verse 6. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Controlling your tongue. I got quiet all of a sudden. Amen. I got quiet all of a sudden. Uh, chapter number 2. Get into chapter number 2. My brethren, have not the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Don't lift one person up over the next. We're all sinners. And that's one of the chief downfalls of man. You get your eyes on people and stack one up real high and put one up real low and you might find out you got the best man on the bottom, the, the respected man on the top, but he's not a, a good man as you thought he was. Most of the time you elevate men because of how big their pocketbook is and that's not the way you do things. That's not the way you do it. Verse 4, are you not then partial in yourselves? Become judges of evil thoughts? This is why people don't like the book of James. Amen? Verse 10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why folks don't like the book of James. Uh, um, look down and look in chapter 3. Verse chapter 3, My brethren, be not many masters. Don't, don't, don't try to be in charge of everything. Amen? That's why I don't get up here when I come to preach. I don't get up here and 
have one person sing, get up and talk 40 minutes, and then have you know somebody else get up and sing, and then get up here and, and talk 40 minutes. I'm not trying to say that much. I, I want to say just as little as possible as I can. Now, when preaching time starts, I'm going to say all God puts on my heart. But listen, I'm not trying to be the master of this thing. I'm trying to get by, amen, and let God help us and let God do something in our life. He said, we'll see, receive the greater condemnation. Old James just keeps piling it on, don't he? Look at verse 3. Behold, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. Verse 4. Behold, also the ships which, though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth the great thing. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. A ship can be turned, a horse can be turned, but this mouth, just about unconquerable. Amen. Amen. It's a little thing, but it's a very... Powerful, very destructive force. Amen? Amen? Verse 11. I know you Baptist folks will love this one. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Now I skipped verse 10 on purpose. What do you think he's talking about right there? Out of the same mouth proceeded the blessings and cursing. You ever come to church on Sunday morning? Oh, I'm so happy to be here in church this morning. So wonderful to be in God's house. I just love coming to God's house and feeling God's presence. And then on the way home, did you see that woman sitting on the front row? Did you see how? Did you see? Did you did you see Brother Curtis this morning? I mean, I mean, just cut him up. You say, what is that? That's blessings and curses. There's something going on in your mind that ain't supposed to. And it's coming out your mouth. Amen. He said you're unstable. <laughs> That's what he's saying. James ain't cutting you no slack, is he? Look at chapter 4 and verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? You say, well, it's Brother Jones's fault. No, it ain't Brother Jones's fault. It's your fault. Come they not hence even of your lust, which war in your members? Come on, James. Cut us a break this morning. <laughs> Where's the grace? Where's the love? Verse 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God? He covered just about everything so far, ain't he? Chapter 5, verse 1, go to now, ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. He's hitting everything, ain't he? Uh, look at verse, look at verse five and six. I want to show you something kind of funny here. Ye have lived in pleasure and on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. You see what he said? He said, "You've been doing it. You've been doing. It. You're unstable." You, you, you ain't no good. He said, you've been you're adulterers and adulteresses. you got loose tongues that's killing everybody. You have respect of persons. You're rich and you're not taking care of the right things. I mean, you, you just need to be whooped all day long. Be patient, therefore, brethren, <laughs> unto the coming of the Lord. That's going to solve everything. The coming of the Lord puts you straight. Amen. 
And that, that's, that's about the size of the book of James. And then down at the book of James, after all of that, after all that skinning, I mean, he may well just hung you up on the old buck stand, just skint you good all the way to the, all the way to the meat, amen? That's exactly what he did. And then he gets down to the last chapter and the last part of it there, what we read, said, is there any among you afflicted? Let him pray. God's very merciful to us, us folks that are just unworthy to even be looked at by God let alone anything else. God's grace is sufficient for us. Amen. God died on the cross because He knew we were all these things that James pointed out. And I thank God that God did let James write this down because it gives us perspective about who we are. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for messages like the book of James, if it wasn't for books like the book of James, if it wasn't for Scripture like the book of James, we'd begin to think very highly of ourselves, wouldn't we? These things are contained in other books, but... Man, you get in these other books, there's some precious promises and the, the gift of God and the grace of God and, and God loved the ungodly and God loved us. There ain't nothing in that book of James. The book of James is just cut them down as you go. And then he gets down to the end, but he says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. I recommend to you prayer this morning. Let me ask you this. What's the use in praying if the prayer is not profitable? Right? We're talking about availing prayer this morning. We're talking about prayer that will get things done. What's the use in praying if it's not going to do anything for you? If you're not going to get an answer to prayer, what's the use in praying? You say, okay, Brother Mike, then I'll quit praying. I just won't pray then. Well, I'd rather you go ahead and pray and get things done. We say, I'm not going to pray. Well, let me ask you this. What's the use in not praying if your life's falling apart? If your life's falling apart, why don't you go ahead and try prayer one time? You try the self-help thing. You try the psychological preacher, uh, the psychiatrist preacher on the you know on the television, TBN or whatever. Uh, try to find your best you. There ain't no best you. There's a best Jesus. That's all. That, that's all there is to that. But he says, listen, I ask you this morning, what's the use in not praying if your life is falling apart, or if the lives of others around you are falling apart? You need to pray for them. Amen. Number one, I'd say about that: don't be lazy. A lot of folks don't pray because they're lazy. And I'm a little bit amazed at that because so folks are not too lazy, you know, to get out and, you know, work in the garden or get out and, you know, add to their freezer or add to their pocketbook or add to their finances. Folks are not too lazy to do that. Folks are not too lazy to go to Walmart when they need something. Amen. Folks are not too lazy to do all these things. But when it comes to praying, the betterment of your soul, you know, your soul's got finances as well. <laughs> Amen. Your soul needs nourishment as well. Don't be lazy. You need to pray. And then don't be deceived. Don't be lazy. Don't be deceived. Other methods don't work. Amen. They don't work. Prayer is the only thing that's going to work in your life. Yes. That's why God gave it to you. God gave that to you as a great tool. As a great tool. Don't be lazy and don't be deceived. Now let's see how to get our prayers answered here. Look down with me in verse 16 if you will. feels kind of tight in here this morning. What's wrong with y'all? You say it might be you preacher. No, it ain't me. It's you. It's you coming here dry and cold this morning, did you? I'm going to get you woke up, pump you and prime you for about 45 minutes, and then you'll wake up and I'll get to preach a little bit with a little bit of liberty, and then I'll have to quit 15 minutes after that, and you'll go out going, took Brother Mike a while to get started this morning, did you? <laughs> I'm amazed about that because when the Late Late Show come on last night, you was interested in that the whole time. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, when the movie came on, you didn't, it didn't have to work your way up to it. That got your attention just like that, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Yes, sir. Well. 
I don't know what it is about Sunday morning. I really don't. I don't know if there. I don't know if there's somebody. I don't know a drunkard or a adulterer or adulteress or something. I, I don't. Somebody might be, you know, sacrificing cats or something, demon worship or something going on in here. But but Sunday morning is always kind of tight. I wish some of you folks that just come on Sunday morning would come on Sunday night one time just so I could see if it was you or not. Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, because if one of you would show up on a Sunday night and that same spirit coming out, go there he is right there. You say, what would you do then, brother Mike? Kick me out? No, I'd pray for you twice as much. Amen. I might even come down and visit your house a time or two. Not to hurt you though, but to help you. Amen. Something going on in here. Amen. Uh, that might be it. That might be it. No doze or something like that. Brother Mike and his doped up con- congregation. They're already dopey. <laughs> Ain't we? Ain't we? Brother Mike calls us dopes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Unstable. Amen. Look what he says. You want to get your prayers answered this morning? Let me ask you this. Do you even want to pray? Well, listen, if you want to get your prayers answered, here's the way to get them answered. And I, I suggest to you that you pray. Number one, look what he says in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. A little bit of humility will get your prayers answered. Amen? You'll be, a, you'll be a better Christian when you begin to confess your faults. And say, hey, look, and I'm, not the, I'm not the Christian that you think I am. I'm just a no good for nothing. Amen? That'll, that'll help you get your prayers answered. Confess your faults one to another. Did you know this? Listen, did you know this? The Bible says Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. At the sooner you put your place in that position, the sooner you'll be a good Christian. You're ungodly. You're ungodly. Have you ever read, uh, turn over from the book of Peter, find some way to keep your place there. Turn over to the book of Jude. Uh, let's, I don't want to read this whole thing. But look in verse 11. He says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Cory. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. You reckon he has a message for the ungodly there? To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them to all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. I'd say this, the sooner you take your position among the ungodly, the sooner things will get right in your life. The quicker, amen. The quicker. The quicker they'll get right in your life. He says, confess your faults one to another. Listen, you get around two or three of you talking in a group. I mean, don't talk about 
the latest fight or the latest ball game. There'll be time for that stuff if you absolutely got to do that. You get together and say, hey, Brother Nathan, I just want to tell you, man, I, I've got this fault and I appreciate you pray for me over And just talk to one another about those things and confess your faults. Listen, when you get things out in the open, that means you're honest. You're not trying to hide things. And when you become honest and begin to be open like that with your brothers and sisters in Christ, they pray for you and you begin to pray for them. Listen, God knows you're not trying to hide nothing and keep nothing down deep inside and say, well, God, I'll serve you and try to do all this stuff, but I'll just keep this one thing for myself. God don't want you to keep that one thing for yourself. I've heard preachers say, you're always going to live through life with this one sin you can't defeat. Fooey. Christ died for all sins. All sins are cleansable. And the delivery of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is full and complete. You can have delivery from anything in this world. Well, I just can't defeat this bottle. Sure you can. You just don't want to defeat that bottle. I can defeat everything but this tobacco. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can defeat whatever you want to defeat. Amen? Confess your faults. Humility. Humility. Christ died for the ungodly. Well, I'm glad He did, ain't you? I'm glad He did. And pray for one another. Listen, if you want your prayers answered, you better be praying for other folks. I find this, the more I pray for other folks, the the more God just takes care of my needs. I don't have to mention my needs. God knows what I need. I still pray for my needs and you ought to pray for your needs. But listen, pray for other folks. Find out one another's faults. I'm not talking about going on a fault-finding mission. I heard my old preacher said when he first took a church up there in North Carolina, he said some folks came to him after he began to get up about 200 people in there. said a fellow come by and said, I I think we ought to put together a fault-finding committee. Can you believe that? And there are Christians like that. They want to say, let's go around and find out what's wrong with all these people. Well, I know what's wrong with all these people. They're sinners, amen? I'm not talking about putting together a fault-finding committee and going, let's see what Brother Curtis is doing. Let's follow him down to the river. <laughs> no, sir. That ain't what you're supposed to, that is not what you're supposed to do. But you confess your faults one to another and say, I need help in this area. And I'm not necessarily talking about confessing sins. I'm talking about faults. And in a way, in a way, faults are sins. But you understand the difference, don't you? Not, I'm not talking about getting in a closet with some fellow wearing a dress and saying, Forgive me, Father, I've sinned. I've done this and done that. And done. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting together with a friend or getting together with a preacher or a deacon saying, Hey, I can't beat this thing or I've been working on this thing. I need some help praying over this thing. And then you'll get some prayers answered. Then you'll get some prayers. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, your sins have separated between you and God and He won't hear you. If you're not getting prayers answered, it's probably some of those faults and failures you got standing in the way. God wants you to get rid of them and you don't want to get rid of them. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Pray for one another. And then he says, effectual. Look what he says in verse so. Uh, right there in 16. The effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual. I looked that word up. Defined that word. And the word effectual means producing the result intended. If you're praying uh, for your car to get fixed, you want your car to be fixed. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that's the best thing to pray for, but I'm, talking, I'm trying to help you understand what effectual means. Producing the result intended. And then it says this, voracious. I, that, I didn't know what that word meant. I, meant for, I thought for a minute when I read that word voracious, I thought it might mean you know, like a boxer, wild and, and going after it. But that's not what it means. That's not what it means. Voracious just means telling the truth. 
Voracious means uh, to be habitually telling the truth. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? About telling the truth all the time. Voracious means expressive of the facts. Go into detail when you pray. Tell God exactly what you want. Hey, you want, you know, you want your bills paid off? Say, hey, God, pay my bills off. I mean, God, I, talk, talk to Him about your electric bill. Pull it out in front of Him and say, God, my electric bill is $5,000. Will you please help us pay this thing off? Yes, sir. Pray, be, be specific. God, I lost my key. God, I lost the key to my house. Help me find it. I mean, express the facts that you're praying about. Don't just get down beside your bed. I forgot that prayer. How's it go? <laughs> now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray the, soul, pray the Lord my soul to take. You better be a little bit more expressive than that. <laughs> God, I'm about to lay down here and I've been awful sinful today. Matter of fact, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And when I go to sleep, I can pay for my sins and die. And then, Lord, you know I hadn't been living for you, right? And I'm not very sure about where I'd go. God, let me just make all that stuff right. And I'm talking about being expressive of facts and talking about the real things, amen? Don't just lay down and pray one of these, you know, made up prayers and stuff. I guess it would be good to teach a kid how to pray that way, but you better teach them how to go into detail before too long. And then, like I say, voracious, observant of the truth. Habitually disposed to speak the truth. In other words, let me say this this morning. Don't lie in prayer. Don't lie when you're praying, amen? Oh God, you know I love you. That's a lie. You're dead, right? I couldn't tell you how many people I've heard pray that way, though. Oh, God, now you know I love you, but, uh, Lord, could you help me out with it? The rent's coming due. You know I love you, Lord. You're lying to him. Right. Amen. Yeah. Folks, listen. Folks get themselves in a bind. That's what we do. We're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. Listen, we begin to live in the low trough of our life, and we begin to do whatever we want to do, the things we want to do, because we love ourselves, Amen. We love ourselves and we begin to do whatever we want to do. We get ourselves into a jam. Then we go and pray to God and say, God, now you know I love you. Would you please help me? Yeah. Well, I'm not telling you not to ask Him to help you. I'm not, asking, I'm not telling you not to pray and ask Him to do something in your life. I'm just telling you not to lie to Him and tell Him that you love Him when you don't love Him. Prayer ought to be true prayer. You know what I do? I get on my face and I say, God, I don't love you like I ought to. If I loved you like I ought to, I wouldn't have been acting like I was acting. But God, I pray you'd forgive me of that. Forgive me of it and be merciful to me and help me because of what you've done on the cross, not because of me loving you or serving you or any other thing. Listen, you'll begin to get your prayers answered that way. You say, why? Because that's honest. God knows. God knows. Amen? God knows the truth. God, you know I'd give if you... If I just had an extra, extra dollar, Lord, you know I'd give. No, you would That's a lie. That's a lie. Amen? That's a lie. Folks lie to God all the time. God, if you'll get me out of this jam, I'll never do that again. That's a lie. Lord, if you'll just give me this one chance, I'll read my Bible every day. That's a lie, folks. Don't make deals with God. Don't make deals with God. Don't make promises you know you ain't going to keep. You say, how will I know I won't keep them? You ain't kept them heretofore. Amen? You let God make you promises. Let God make you promises and you just live. Live for Him to the best of your ability. Amen? Tell Him the truth. 
I'll get down on my knees when I begin to pray. I'll confess my sins and say, Lord, I, I'm sorry. I just didn't love you. I don't say, God, I did that on accident. Because I didn't do it on accident. I did on purpose. Because I wanted to. Because I'm a sinner. Because I'm ungodly. That's why I do things that I do. Don't you? Do we think that God don't know that? God knows that stuff. Get down on your knees. God, that was an accident. And then get out of the way because the lightning bolt's coming. Amen? Effectual. Effectual prayer is a is a prayer producing the result intended. It's veracious. It's expressive of fact. It goes into detail. It, all those things need to be present in your prayer. And then fervent. Here's the part you're not going to like. Because you're not fervent when you sing. I mean, you do pretty good around here. You do actually do pretty good in singing. But this building helps you out a whole lot. It ain't hard to be loud in this church. You know that, right? I mean, it's built just right and it's not very big and the sound carries real good. Some of us could be more fervent. Amen? You see what it says? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. You know what fervent means? It means to be hot. It means to be boiling. It means to glow. Some of you ain't glowed since you got your new car. You glow over a new car. Amen? You ain't going to glow about God. It means hot in temper. Now there's some of you fervent. Hot in temper. Can we stop there for a minute? Woman, when are you going to wash these dishes? Besides being stupid, that's fervent. That's hot in temper. Amen? Oh man, when are you going to fix this green door? <laughs> you say, what is that? That's fervent. The feminine kind. Boy, I don't even like doing that. But it's funny, amen? Hot and tempered. Vehement. That word means violent. Acting with great force. You say, Brother Michael, are we still talking about praying? Yes. So you used to getting these old prayer meetings and stuff, and you think, them people's all crazy. They're in there hollering and screaming. What in the world's going on? That fervent prayer. Let me say this. If you ever leave the doctor's office and he says you've got cancer in five months to live, you'll go home and you'll have some fervency. Here about the middle of August, the end of August, beginning of September, the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins will get together on a Sunday. Or the Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Kitty Cats will get together. And they'll begin to hit one another with them helmets and shoulder pads and begin to knock one another's teeth out and and uh, if we're real lucky, somebody's getting paid on the side to really break a quarterback's leg. And they begin to do all that good, wonderful stuff. And you'll be pacing back and forth in front of your television. You know that's what goes on in your living room. Ladies, am I telling the truth or ain't I? Some of you ladies. Yeah. Uh, Miss Mackinville. What's the name of Jacksonville? Yeah, get excited, don't you? She's a Jaguars fan. Is that what Jacksonville is? Jaguars. That's what goes on in the living room, football games, don't it? That's fervency. That's what you're concerned about. 
Listen, there'll come a time in your life when something will happen down deep in your soul. And then you'll be fervent. You see my brother Mike up there spitting and sobbing and hollering and running. I just really don't think. If he wouldn't do that, probably more people would come to our church. <laughs> I just don't want to be dead like you. Yeah. Amen? I don't want to be that way. Listen, I don't want to come to a church and sit there and have to have an IV when I get done because getting brought back from consciousness. I, I, I don't want to come someplace where it's all cut and dried and somebody sit down and planned it all out like last week. How do you plan a service that happens this week, last week? How do you do that? You can't do that. Oh, dry mess. Oh, dried up dry mess. I don't want to go do that. Come in here and look like somebody made it up out of a fairy tale book or something. Swinging beads and burning the incense and all that smelly junk. And Just so glad to see you today. You ain't glad to see nobody and you ain't glad to be here. <laughs> When that stuff goes on. Just want you all to know it's such a blessing to be here. It's not a blessing. It's a curse. Come in an old dead dry religious place kind of like this on Sunday morning. It's dry. Ain't nothing fervent about that. Amen. I thank God I ain't got none of that. Amen. Amen. Fervent. Like I said, the doctor says you got five months to live. I guarantee you go to your house and close your door and get in a corner somewhere. Oh God! Oh God, help me! I'm sorry about that! That's the way you ought to pray right there. You ought to pray like the wildest man you know preaches. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My prayer life increased about 100% when I got to just hollering at God. Like a wild man. Like a crazy man. I think it's good. Fervent means ardent, very warm, earnest, excited. I'm not making this up. I got this out of the dictionary. Animated. <laughs> it's hard to get animated down on your knees, ain't it? I, I get down on my knees when I pray. I get down on my knees and I stay there till I've confessed my sins, told Him what a great God He is, thanked Him for His blessings. Then it's time to pray. I get up. Some of you might come in and find a puddle of spit in your pew or something. Well, I'm praying over your pew, hollering at them, screaming at them. You'd think you'd have me committed and locked away. If you used to come in here about 12.30 one night, I'm right where you sit. God, help this in Help! Help! Help them, God! Help them! Forgive them! Don't let them be stupid all their life! Amen. You said, what's that? That's perfect. <laughs> Don't that seem more exciting than what you've been doing though? I mean, you know you like to scream like that. You let your wife burn the biscuits. Yeah. Just knock him out this time he does. He can't do nothing about it. He can't do nothing. He ain't playing at that 
A woman can get away with things men can't get away with. And I don't think that's fair. I thought we was all supposed to be equal. What was this Equal Rights Act all about anyway? Women can knock men out and the police officer will go... She knocked him out. How did I get on that? I was talking about being firm. Hey, listen. And this is... Listen, I, this is what I, the rest of that stuff was just leading up to this. Fervency in prayer is what I wanted to preach to because it will get something done. Your mind will stay on things you get excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Don't listen. We, instead of getting down beside your bed tonight and going, God. This is how people lie to God. Try to work up a crocodile tear. <laughs> God. The rent's due tomorrow. That ain't the way to pray. God probably goes. You don't want to hear nothing like that. Just get down there and say, God, I know you're going to take care of this. If you don't, we'll move out. (laughs) Amen? You think you won't be taken care of? God knows what you have need of. Don't He? Amen. And listen, this church does a whole lot to help people on the outside and folks that ain't doing right. I'm just about to the end of the social services church movement. Listen, we got folks in here that are struggling. You think if if you need a meet, a need met that God ain't gonna meet your needs and use His people to do it? Any one of you folks get kicked out of your homes or something crazy like that? God forbid! God forbid! You have a place to say before midnight. But you're too proud. You're too proud to let folks know what you need. Remember, He said, "Confess your faults one to another." Hey, I got behind. I got. Got in trouble. Things are working out rough. Now we need help. All of a sudden, the thing you've been trying to cry about beside your bed is not a problem no more because your brothers in Christ. God will use your brothers in Christ to help you out in those situations. But folks are too proud to go to one another and say, "I need a dollar. I need this. Or I need that." The Bible says, "Confess your faults," but it also says that you to bear the burdens of your brother. Amen. Amen. How 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 are you supposed to do that? If you don't know what's going on in one another's lives. All of our problems come from our faults. You know that? At least from the faults of somebody. Amen. You need a hot, boiling, glowing, vehement, violent, ardent, eager, urgent prayer life. Amen. said, Brother Mike, I feel kind of crazy getting all excited about having lost my keys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, sir. I come in this place and pray about everything. God, I, I need new keys. I, I don't know where my keys are. God, help me find my keys. I said, well, Brother Mike, I just couldn't do that. I know. That's why you sit on the church pew like this. So when you go stop doing that, brother Mike, when you do. <laughs> 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 
when you do. Get excited in your prayer life. Hey, it won't be that it won't be that hard. It's just a little step from your prayer closet to that pew you're sitting on to going, Hey, amen, preacher. That's right, preacher. Sometimes I'll be sitting right there and I'll go to say amen. And it's just a something. Kind of hovering over the place like a whole bunch of people sitting here wanting to do the same thing. But just don't. I don't understand what that is. I don't understand how people can go to a rock concert and forever how long it lasts. I've been to a few rock concerts in my day. And people go to those concerts and they'll stand there. Listen, the rock concerts I went to, they didn't have chairs where people sat with. Wouldn't no chairs, people standing everywhere, people going. Kind of silly, that's kind of silly, brother Mike. You do the same stupid stuff in your living room. <laughs> Driving up to Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and I looked over, and here's a lady. She looks perfectly dignified from the shoulders up. What you can see in the car, and she's going. <laughs> Pulled up beside a guy yesterday in a wrecker. Looked down. They had the windows open, sitting at the store. Had the windows down, some jungle stuff coming out of the, and he's sitting there trying to keep up with this fella. That's about all that was coming out of his mouth. Yeah, no, don't call him down. Don't call him down. Works for Benny Hinn, amen. <laughs> but here's a perfectly good white boy sitting and listening to all this jungle music, trying to keep up with that mess. If he got out of his car, he'd probably sitting in the car, afraid if he got out his pants, he'd fall down to his ankles. But sitting there, and don't even know what the song is saying. Yeah, that's right. Probably about getting messed up on crack or something. He doesn't know what he's saying, but he's trying to keep up with it. I'm going to punch you in the eye, yo. <laughs> Perfectly willing to make a perfect jackass out of himself in public. Come to church. I better not say anything. They might think I love Jesus. There ain't no danger in that. <laughs> you may as well just come be one of us hypocrites. Amen? Amen. One of us. Now, I didn't say one of y'all hypocrites. Brother Mike's always calling us. No, I'm calling we. I'm calling us. <laughs> Folks come, they won't say nothing. Not excited about nothing. This is not a mortuary. It's not the viewing room down at the funeral home. It's not the emergency room. Vehement, ardent, eager, urgent. Have you ever been eager to pray? I can preach on all these words. I've got plenty of time. I just live right next door. 
Amen? I want to help y'all. I'm willing to stay all day for you. Have you ever been eager to pray? Yes, sir. I mean, I, I get so stirred up sometimes I'll be thinking about something or the way that something going on in the church or something going on with an individual and I'll just be... You've got to take care of your responsibilities, amen? But I'll be, I'll be... In the back of my mind, I'm walking back and forth like this going, I can't wait to get over there in my spot. I can't wait to... Yeah. You ever been like that over anything? So I can't wait to pay that. Somebody's standing perfectly still, but in your soul you're going, payday. If I could just get the payday, man. If I could just get the payday, everything would be alright. I need that hundred dollars. I need it right now. I need it. I've got to have it. Any of you ever been like that over payday? You know what I'm talking about? You ever had that feeling? Got to have it right now. Eager. Urgent. If I could just get to talk to Jesus. If I, if I could just get on my knees and pray. If I could just pray right now. And you know you can pray right now. Now listen, I've been standing in the middle of 30 people at Walmart. Inside of my head, I'm going, God help me right now. God help me right now. I'm about to go through this line. There's all kinds of pornographic magazines up there. I God, God, I need help. Yes, sir. We went, me and Brother Nathan went through the through the line up at the grocery store the other day and we got up there. I'm kind of like this. And I, I turned like this. I said, whoa! Thank God. Everybody on these magazines got clothes on today. Yeah. Yes, sir. They put it right there. Yes, I hope we ain't got no funny fellas in here. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. Some of you folks, listen, some, listen, I said that for a reason. Some of you fellas, some of you ladies too, I guess. You get yourself in a situation where you know you're going to encounter some temptation, you're not praying about it. Listen, it's hard to be standing way back here in line. It's hard to be saying, God, now when I get up here, they're going to have some things up here I ought not to see. You ought not see ladies' legs. Amen? You ought not see stuff like that. That belongs to somebody else's. Now I'm standing back here going, God help me. God help me. I don't want to be tempted, oh God. Help me, God. It's hard to come from that and then go up here and go. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do that. It's hard to be back here praying, God help me not to rob this fella. God don't let me rob him. Give me all your money. <laughs> you don't go from praying not to do something to doing something. You know what I'm talking about? When you know that the evil is about to show itself, get in prayer over the thing. God help me. I'm about to go sit down at my computer. God help me. I'm prone to do something I shouldn't do, God. Help me not do it. God, I'm about to turn this television on. See, that's fervent. That sounds like you mean business. Now, God, don't let me do nothing bad. That's not fervent. That's foolish. You're wasting your time. Preacher, I pray about it. No, you don't. No, you don't. No fervency. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. You see that? The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man. 
availeth much. In the course of life, do right. When you're praying, do the right thing. Listen, if you're praying about not looking at those magazines, if you're praying about not buying that beer, if you're praying about not robbing that guy or beating that guy up, you ever been in a situation where you had to pray, God, don't let me beat this fella up? <laughs> God, don't let me beat this fella. Yes, sir. You'd be surprised. But when you listen, after you pray, do the right thing. When you pray, you show God you do the right thing. You show yourself to be a faithful person. You show yourself to have at least some stability, amen. God will begin to answer your prayers in every aspect of your life. Why would God take care of your soul that's never going to die? Why would He save you when you ask Him to save you and then not take care of your rent or your house payment or your car that's broke down or your evil lust that wants to destroy your life? Why would He not help you with that? He certainly will help you with all those things. Why would He not ease the pain that's in your body? Why would He not do those things? He will. He will. Effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Heavenly Father, I thank You this morning for Your goodness and for Your mercy. God, I beg of You Your health and Your strength this morning. God, Your health and Your strength. I I beg You, dear God, to help us this morning. God, there's folks in the building, no doubt, that's praying over their health. God, there's... There's, there's several people, dear God, in this church that has a deep affliction in their body. And God, I know they're praying over it. God, help them to be fervent in the matter. God, help them to have some eagerness about themselves. God, help them to have some animation about themselves. God, and that just tells me one thing, that a person's excited about what they can be at fervent about. And God, give us some excitement. Give us some inspiration down deep in our soul. God, help us. Lord, God, move us, dear God, to excitement about the things which pertain to You. God, we need, in this last day and time, we need effectual and fervent prayers. God, we need it, dear God, in our personal lives. When we get alone by ourselves and begin to pray, God, give us some inspired, animated, ardent, urgent prayer, God. Help us. The time is short. We have need of great urgency. And God, I'll thank You. God, I will thank You for what You do. Uh, in our hearts and lives through fervent prayer, availing prayer. Thank you, dear God, for your goodness. Some folks have come already this morning.